Happy New, New Year to you. And a happy, happy New Year to you and me. Happy New, New Year, Year to you. Um, Don't be an idiot. Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year to from us. From us. To oh, you. Okay. I don't know what we were doing a song. Oh, well, you started it, I feel like. We are recording this on New Year's Eve. On the last day. On the last day, the final of day. This shit year 2022. <laughs> it, uh, it was, we were just talking about it. It was like. It was a whatever year. It was. You know, my Uncle Harry was the other night. I, he was like, you know, this Christmas, man. He was like, it felt like the Christmas that never came. And I was mm. like, yeah. And now that it's over, it was just like, there was still all the stress, mm-hmm. but then it was like, yeah. then you like get to the day when you're like, time for the payoff. Yeah. And it just kind of felt like, it wasn't miserable, but it was just kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of nothing. Kind of, it's whatever. Yeah. But nobody, nobody in my family fought, which was nice. That is nice. I didn't even see any of my family on Christmas because they're all in Florida. Yeah. And so... It's it's been a it's been a weird year. It's been a whatever year. If you've had a weird year, raise your paw. Oh, lots of paws. A lot of paws out there. <laughs> it's giving me paws. It's giving to me see paws. All these paws. How many paws I'm seeing? Uh, welcome to Don't Be an Idiom. It's the podcast that explores the origin stories of common phrases and idioms. And this is this is the last podcast of this year, but it's also the first podcast of next year because oh. we're recording it. In 2022, but it's going to be released in 2023. It's true. And, it's uh, true. So, I don't know. That's Let me thing. tell you something. That's a thing and to for say. For some reason, if Don't Be an Idiom had like a holiday, it would be New Year's, which is weird because we, we always seem to record on New Year's Eve. Don't you feel like? Yeah, we've done some pretty pivotal moment episodes on New Year's Eve. Yeah. And listen... We're just going to come right out and say it. It's tough a lot of times on New Year's Eve because, like, who who feels low energy on and when you're, like, gearing up for raise New Year's? Raise your like, paws. Raise your paw, your other paw. <laughs> Keep because, your like, first paw up. You know, New Year's gets tough. Like, as you get older, you're just kind of like, Ugh. Well, there's just there's not much fun to be had, but well, the expectation is very high. Because we're not tens anymore. You know, like you know, we're declining. You were a 10? So it's like, oh, what wasn't I? <laughs> I had no idea. This is news to me. <laughs> no, but like you raise know, raise your third paw if Albert was a ten at some point. Not oh, not seeing, th- but that could be because not a lot of people have three paws. No, that's given me pause because I definitely think that you are you you are a ten. No, but you know how it goes. Like you just. Mm-hmm. You know what I don't like? You know what I don't like about getting older? People would be like, oh, you tired? And I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good classic thing that people say, right? I just, like, I don't think I ask people if they're tired unless they're like tier one friend. Like, you're just like, like, I can ask you if you're feeling tired in private. Right. And you know when I'm tired. Not at a banquet hall. I'm not going to be like, hey, Ryan, you tired down there? Uh, no, I'm fine. I'm really awake. But nobody believes you once you ask the question. You know what I get a lot? Did you eat a lot yesterday? <laughs> are Did you're you eat all a lot punched. of shellfish and are you allergic to shellfish? Because you're puffed, bro. <laughs> Is your first name Ponch and your last name Al? <laughs> Are you, you punched out? It wasn't my birth name, but I see what you're saying. Uh, hey, I was... In the car with my mom the other day. Is that Aww. right? Was I? What, were you driving Peg around? I don't know. Or was she driving you? 
Interesting. I don't know why I feel like I was with my mom. You know, it's funny. My mom's always here in my heart, though, you know? Me too. You know? Wait, my mom is in your heart? Your mom is like, yeah. she's a great second mom to she, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She Even we, better we, than the first mom a lot can, of times. <laughs> <laughs> we carry Peg in our heart. She's the mom you want. But, uh, you know, that classic Christmas song came on. Chestnuts roasting yes. on an open fire. Yes. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Sure. And I was like, who's Jack Frost? Well, yeah. yeah. And I was like, what's the deal with Jack Frost? He's Martin Short, isn't he? <laughs> Is that Santa Claus 3 or like something? Santa Claus or? 3, right? That's awesome. And he was kind of a bad guy. Right, yeah. No, but who is Jack Frost? Well, so, so then, like, I immediately look, looked it up. And I was like, uh-huh. everyone's always talking about Jack Frost during Christmas time. And uh, it's, dude, I was so pleased with the answer. Because it has origins in ancient in an ancient Norse figure called Jokul Frosty. Yes, I like what I'm hearing. It's a frost giant. Like a, like a mean frost <laughs> giant that personified ice and snow. Right. And when you say Jack Frost, what you're referring to is is those um you know those like fern like icicles on your windows. Uh, like, yes. You know, like when like those like whatever frost on your fucking yeah. window. Yeah. Like that's that's Jack Frost. Yeah. Like, he's, and he's doing like, that. I'm putting that out there. And so yeah, it's like essentially what's his goal? His goal is just to make shit cold. But does he like eat people and shit? Probably. He was a giant. I yeah, mean, like, giants eat people. You know, Norse giants were violent, right? So. In Norse, um, everything's fine. I know. That's true. It's so cool. And then he just like, you know, got incorporated into North American and British whatever folklore. And he's a little bit more of like a trickster in in these sure. countries. But uh, like he, he shows up in, in like the, the oldest Finnish like oral tale. Like he's part of that. That's great. I know. I was like, I was like, that's freaking awesome. What's, what is, does he... In that tale, does he like? Have I didn't. A, I didn't get that. Smite anyone? I, I didn't get that far, but I'm sure there was some smoting. Well, it's interesting how then you like you Americanize him, and then you like bubble wrap him into this one line of a Christmas song, and because like, that's where he's oh, most like prevalent. We're all rich in this house, and we got the nice fireplace. Yeah, and you're just like a Jack Jack Frost nipping at your head. Like, he would bite your fucking head off if well, he had the and chance. And that's the other thing that if Jack Frost is the personification of wind and snow. Yeah. He's nipping at your nose. I mean, he's biting your nose he's off. He's definitely biting your so nose off. So it's actually kind of like a metal line, but the word nip is a little, it's a little right. too cute. Right. That's well, like I what a chinchilla might do. They are chin- cute. <laughs> they are cute. <laughs> a chinchilla nipping at your nose. They take dust baths. I know. I know. Why did we and all takes, learn that at the same time? And it time takes like we 93 to make a fur coat. What? Oh. <laughs> Speaking of fur coats, oh, Albert has a it's fake the fur coat. Yeah. It's, it's the ferocious 71. It's the ferocious fur Um It is faux fur, actually. <laughs> faux but uh, yeah, I've been working at a new thrift shop and I said, April, can I borrow this um, this fur coat for uh, fur uh, <laughs> New Year's Eve? And she's like, just take it. Mm-hmm. Just take which is her answer to everything. Oh, I love that. But, um, I need to get in there and be like, can you just great. take this for me? Come visit me Saturdays, Ranch Hope at Caltown Rodeo. Oh, that's good to and, know. And it's good for, um, it's it's a really good charity. It helps mm. like um, like young boys and girls that have like really troubled home lives. That gives them like it's like a shelter. Essentially. Oh, cool. So 
all the money goes good good profit or whatever but i'm there saturdays usually i get there around 11 11 okay, to 3 tired come say hi all right yeah all right it's called ranch hope ranch hope all right come out come on out we're Cow right town in new jersey we're right at the giant cowboy Love can't it. miss it that's cool yeah all right and maybe you can put some uh don't be an idiot wooden nickels in your pockets if you go visit al we do that he'll give you a wooden nickel come yeah i will definitely start doing that starting next saturday Wow. You'll okay. hear me jangling through the halls. <laughs> jangling. Is that the sound that wood makes on wood? No, that would be more like <laughs> chunkling. <laughs> chunkling, yeah. Uh, we thought that we would do a, a, a year in review of, you know, we've had a year of another year of Don't Be an Idiom. So another. Another year. year. Congratulations so we're do, to you, listener. We're going to do a lot of like, like, you know, this is the top. Top title, yeah. this is the top song, top listen, listened episode, whatever. So we polled the listeners. We polled the listeners. Well, we didn't. No, but, we didn't. But, but we, we polled like ourselves. <laughs> well, there is some data in, involved in this year True, interview. true, yeah. yes. All right, so our top two listening countries after the U.S. Germany is second, hmm. which I thought was interesting. Yeah, why would the Germans like us? I don't know. If you're living in Germany right now, maybe if you could email us at nonpeanidium at gmail.com. In English, What's, please. <laughs> yeah, well, like pretty much every German knows English. Oh, right. Yeah, we're the well, only idiot assholes who don't know sense. any other languages. Dollars and cents. Dollars and cents. <laughs> Euros and cents. Oh. And then Canada and UK tied for second. Isn't that crazy? You guys. That means the exact same amount of listens in Canada and uh, United Kingdom. That is crazy. So thank you to those countries. Thank you, other countries. For listening. We yeah. really would. I know we say this all the time, but if you are in another country listening to Don't Be an Idiom, please reach out. Whatever your gobbledygook language is. Just, yeah. We don't care if we can't read it. Well, and you know what? Brussels is up there too. Well, Belgium. And Ooh. I would like, you know, if you're living in Belgium, listening to Don't Be an Idiom, just hit us up because we will come Please. to a special episode there. Absolutely. We'll, we'll stay at your flat. We'll stay at your flat. <laughs> yeah. We'll move in for the summer. Yeah. And, uh, oh man. And you can teach us how to make Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Brussels the, sprouts. The, the correct way. Uh, the right way. The only way. <laughs> the only way. <laughs> Uh, and then our top two cities uh, are both in America, but Columbus, Ohio, by a long shot. Right. What is going what on is in Columbus, going on Ohio? In Columbus? I don't know, but it's like it's like number one is Columbus, Ohio, and then Temecula, California. That's fun. So Temecula, yeah. Is so, that a southern? So if we go on tour, we're definitely going to do Columbus, Ohio first. And then Temecula second. I mean, I feel like they have shirts in Temecula that say, where the hell is Temecula, California? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. T it's yeah. I was trying to make, I was, I was trying to make a pun off Temecula, but it's hard. Uh, nice to meet you in Temecula. Tem <laughs> Temecula crazy. That's Jamaica t me crazy. <laughs> way off. We have, I do know that we have zero listeners in Jamaica. Well, that needs to change. If know. you know someone in Jamaica, tell them to listen. But El Salvador Mom, in Central America, that's in top 10. That's crazy. Yeah. What do they want from us? Maybe the, I think that some countries are maybe use English podcasts for like learning purposes. So if you're teaching English Oof. and you know, our, our podcast has the word idiom in it. So if well, yeah. you're teaching English as a second language, you know, learning idioms from another language is the best, is like a really important thing to learn. I mean, yeah. And so I feel like sometimes maybe 
teachers stumble upon this and they're like, hey, if you want to learn some idioms, here you go. And then they listen to it and they're like, actually, oh, if God. you can follow along for like five <laughs> minutes, then you're, you've mastered the language. I mean, I could, as a teacher, I could imagine... <laughs> Telling somebody, be like, oh, these guys do this thing. And you kind of like, you know, you kind of don't listen mm-hmm. all the way through. Yeah, right. And then and then you get in a bunch of trouble because right. of what we're saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so maybe maybe this is being used in schools, but the teacher so look, doesn't really if, know what, if what's the content. If you're a teacher, if you're a teacher, and if you're in some country where you're allowed to say, like, fuck and balls, like, <laughs> stuff like that, then fine, that's fine. I mean, we're not, cr- we're not like, mega crude, and I think no, we're no. pretty PC, but, like, don't... Um, you know, don't show, don't, I can't show it to my elementary students. I wouldn't assign this to an elementary school student. It is really hard for me every year to know that we teach idioms and be like, oh, you want to hear a fucking idiom? Go listen to my fucking podcast. Because they would be like, oh, oh, wow. You're, you're bad. You got patty mouth. You're wearing a faux fur coat. Um, Albert, what's your favorite title of the year? All right. Yes. Yeah, so, our, so we so we look through. It's uh, episode seventy to fifty five. That was our two thousand twenty two episodes. What was your favorite title? Okay. Um. So favorite title was the frothing of Godwin oh, Waffle. Good one. I love. I love the imagery that that brings to me. I, I remember when we kind of in like created Godwin Waffle. Like to me, he was very Crispin Glover. Sure. Um, yeah. Only yeah. with like a Jack Skellington body, like times. Well, and that's four. interesting because the title of that episode also has a very distinct song that goes along with the title. I, yes. Which, what did you, I, but what so, did you pick? Yeah. For so your, I, your for favorite. my favorite title of the year, I chose spooky cat ghost world. Oh, uh, that is a good which one. Which also has a distinct title. Yes. And actually it's one of the few episode titles where it's named after the song that we came up with. True. And the song really only had to do with the fact that we were recording it around Halloween. True. And also like Godwin was the same kind of one. Cause his song that the episode was about him too. Yeah. That right, song. Right. Right. So look at us. Picking similarly. Look at us. Again. All right. And then so um, we also... We wanted to pick a favorite song. Yeah. We also told each other to pick a favorite song of the year. Because for those of you who don't make it to the end of the episodes... You we, are, <laughs> you're missing the point. Except for episodes that are Doobie Monster or Land on a 10, like right. 70, 60, 50. Right. We write a skit or an original song for each episode. And so... So more um, or less, nine times out of 10, yeah, there's a brand exactly. new yeah. skit or song. So what was your favorite song um, from, from 2022? All right, I know I know. if you know me, you're probably going to think that I'm being a little shellfish here, <laughs> but I really have a deep connection to the Egg in Your Beer song. Oh, really? Um, that was one that's of those... That's the Irish style That was one, the right? Irish style one. I, I feel like... We even mentioned Jimmy Coyle. My Irish friend. Wake up, Jimmy Who lives Coyle. in Barcelona, yeah. Wait, no. No, Wait, is no. it? Is it is he in a different is, one? That's the other Irish song we have. I feel like we have three. Wait, which um, one's that? That's uh, Take a Mulligan. Oh, Wake Take up, a Mulligan. Right. But um, that was in a previous uh, oh, season. shit, the Egg in Your Beer song. The, has crack some, an egg in your beer. Oh, that also has very Irish vibes. It's very Irish. Yeah. I this song, I it it, it just kind of came to me like working with Ryan over the years. Usually, music comes first. This was it was a very rare occasion that like the lyrics and the melody come first. And this was one where that did happen. And I'm not saying I like it because of that, mm-hmm. but like the way it turned out, yeah. Um, 
like you really, want, you really came to the you came to our recording session with the whole song. I felt written. like I felt like it just kind of worked through me, and like I imagine my own death a lot when I listen to that song. So I think it would be a good one to play when I'm yeah. dead. Oh yeah, yeah. So I get I'll very emotional, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cool. So I think that's why I'm so connected to it. All right, so I'm not going to say that I have a tie, but um, I would like to say that "Trial by Fire" is oh. is. Like one of my, my favorite songs that we've done. I love that song. <laughs> but but little Polino yes is is my favorite that we did this past year, which was about the bocce the small bocce ball yes. Polino. And that song is really not uh, that's really special to me because I remember when we were writing that song and like that in that week when that was all happening we we went out to what park is that that we went and played bocce ball oh yeah the one on 13th the street is that? i forget i always call it tasty park cuz it's right near the tasty <laughs> that's nice that that little yeah but it's like some is it jefferson or columbus it's not jefferson. or uh, i forget washington uh, some some old it's probably guy. some old white guy yeah but whatever it is um it's like right on reed street mm it's on the corner of Reed and whatever. But anyway, we went and played bocce ball out there. Yeah. And so when I hear that song, I think of us in that specific day playing, That's nice. That's playing nice. the, uh, the, the game that day. It's nice. All right, great. Anyway, you can write us. Uh, let us know you what, your, what your, favorite your, your favorite song of the year was or your favorite title. And um, that'd be nice for us to hear. You know, it makes us feel... Like we're doing this for a reason. Yes, uh, but not all at once. Now we got you know we have regular lives we have to get to. We have to sleep at some point. All right, so we're gonna play a game to determine yes. who goes first, and then we're gonna jump into two idiom histories because that's what this podcast is really it's all, all about. about. Now you might think, how can these guys keep coming up with these games after all this time? Yeah, I think five that. years of games. <laughs> Come on. But uh, so we actually had a party for my roommate uh, a couple weeks ago and the gals threw down some cards and they started playing this game I've never seen before. A thank you to Shayna, if you're listening. She taught me the game called Horse Race. Uh, I like it. Basically what we have here, if you could see the board, it's you got all four aces. Ryan and I are gonna each pick what suit we like and we're gonna flip some cards. Ryan's gonna pick a suit, I'm gonna pick a suit, and then whoever gets to the finish line first uh, is the winner, and they will go first. Okay. Because that's how we do it here. All right. What do you want? What, 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 I'm gonna suit? go with the diamonds again. All right, Ryan won the test round with the diamonds. Yeah. And you know what? I'm gonna stick with the spades. I like it. All right, let's, uh, let's go. Okay. I know who's going to have a great 2023. Wow. I just destroyed Albert. Really destroyed. <laughs> There's not even that many That's... cards left. They must be all spades. Jesus. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Shana. I felt... <laughs> thanks for nothing. Um, nothing, honey. Nothing, honey. Uh, I know. I, I've lost a lot of games in the last this past year. You have, so you I, have. I did win the last one. But you're on nice. a streak officially. Yeah. Uh, so, some people who know us well might think that we're joined at the hip. Right. Right. You know? I mean, I would definitely think some of our exes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you two hang out a little too much for my taste. What's joined at the hip mean? 
That means you're together all the time. Together all the time. Good buzz. What else? That's the best. Inseparable. That's the best. Yeah. So listen, this is a this is an easy one, but I just wanted I just felt compelled to do this as a celebration of our friendship. Wow, that's nice. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, so and I thought there were some good stories in here. When I think of joined at the hip. Yeah. The origin of it. Yeah. I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't go to what you used to call a Siamese twin, but I don't think that's what they're called anymore. I think you, a conjoined you, twin. Conjoined twin is the uh, preferred term, yeah. So I'm going to say... Yeah, so give me, give me a year and give me what, I guess, specific event led to this becoming part of the, I'm you gonna know, our say, slang. I'm going to say... Well, I mean, I'm going to go to Sideshow you know quote unquote freaks, freak show yeah you know yeah uh so that seems like that was i don't know why i'm thinking 1941 is okay. that not old enough i think they're still worth traveling freak shows in so the that's 40s. like the, that's like the tail end it's, of it it's getting towards the tail end 1891 yeah. definitely freak shows in okay so let's, yeah. let's let's go there let's go 1890s so we're gonna go with the we're gonna go with the boys um <laughs> Joel and Mole. Joel and Mole. Joel and Mole. The American? Rabidosho. <laughs> Joel and Mole Rabidosho. They are Lithuanian? Interesting. Okay. Um I don't I don't I don't know uh, anything about Lithuania. I don't Lithuania. know much about Lithuania. But uh would it but okay, so basically Joel and Mole are born. Yeah. Um basically rip mom in two so, oh God. so they're uh, terrible so their poor dad has to figure out and what she was do. the breadwinner oh okay so he was progressive like, he was all about yeah he was like he was going to be the first mr mom he's like you know what i got a plan she yeah. goes to work i love it i'm gonna stay he's home. feminist and uh yeah yeah he's a feminist i think he could have been lazy too mm-hmm that's possible. Oh, not that the raising raising a kid yeah. uh, or twin. He didn't. Uh, they probably didn't know they were twins because I think many what's men, ultrasound like back then. Many men that proclaim that they are feminists are actually just lazy. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I am. I would like. <laughs> I'd like to believe I'm a true feminist. You're a true feminist for sure. Um, but I. But on another, in another ways, I am lazy. Mm-hmm. But not in the feminine way. You can be a lazy man and a feminist man. I would like. To, I would like to prove that. Yeah, it'll take some time. So Joel and Mole's father, um, Bartrell, he was. He didn't really know what to do because mm-hmm. he was really expecting his wife to make all the money at mm-hmm. the. Mm-hmm. Sheep, 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 sheep uh, shearers. Sheep, sheep shearer factory. Yeah, right. Um, so he's like, well, okay, well, like I'm gonna dress up as her and I'm gonna work there to make some money. But then, like, what about the kids, right? Yeah. You know, what about daycare? Yeah. So he sees the luck be have it that he sees the um the the carnival train. Rolling in, oh, right, I love and it, he yeah. sees the big top coming, uh-huh. and he's like, "I've got it." Because um, did I mention Joel and Mole were were conjoined twins? I assume I mentioned that I, they ripped the mom in half, but yeah, that's I, why because we, they're too big. We would like to say for the record that we do not condone ripping moms in half <laughs> or believe that just because you're conjoined twins that that mother, you rip mom in yeah, half. That's just no, this but is, I'm this saying is a this hyperbolic is, situation. This is early science. They they didn't know that this was coming. 
Yeah. Like yeah. I think now, yeah. um, you would have like, you would have a stethoscope mm-hmm. and that would help a lot. Yeah. So, um, so he sees the big top and he's like, look at those stripes. That's fun. That's fun for kids. Right. So mm-hmm. he, 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 you know, uh, as they're setting up the tent, he, um, puts a, uh, he, he leaves Joe and mole in the tent mm-hmm. and, and with a sign on it that just says like, I'm fucking ready. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, Bartleby Tubsman, who's running the uh, who's running the circus, right? A PT Barnum he, type. He sees his. Oh yes! <laughs> wow, that's all the same kind of sounds there. Right? Yeah, lots of similar. Yeah, sounds. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I'm not smart enough to make that happen on the fly. Yeah. Just I got lucky there. But he pats his bell and he's like, "Well, I think I do believe I know what's coming next to this dear old big top." And he's just like, he puts the babies on the show, right? Yeah. And he's just like, look at them. They're like attached. Yeah. And uh, and uh, then, wow. Just like they make all this money. Uh-huh. They get older and then, you know, they do interviews and then they're like, uh, well, so what is your secret? And he's like, well, it's just my best buddy right here. He's like, we do everything together. We even go to the bathroom together. And I guess you could say we're attached to the hip because we are literally, literally attached literally. to the hip. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like then you and it goes into the the papers and it goes across the seas. So by the early 1900s, talking about it. By the early 1900s, common common they, household. They're being quoted and, yeah. and thing, and then like just yeah. common thing in the households. And they ran for president, but they lost. Of America, yeah, or Lithuania. Um, Lithuania, I think, has a dictator. I believe. <laughs> no, a I king. Think- I think at the time, maybe, you know. Yeah, at the time, at the time. But it, it is a Baltic region of Europe. Anyway, that's kind of how it happened. Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. I, mean, I mean, honestly, you're, you're, that's spot on. I mean, essentially, except for the exact people that you're mentioning, you're right. You would have been remiss to not have referred to conjoined twins. If I wasn't conjoined twins. conjoined twins, I'd be like... Yeah. So, guys, that's exactly where this comes from. It comes from conjoined twins. But the question is, which conjoined twins? Who are the most famous conjoined twins you know? Was it those girls? Oh, which ones? I don't know. There's some girls, I feel like. Well, they're, 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 Oh, they're attached to the head. Oh, oh I remember shit, seeing a special yeah. about two, two girls. Were and they I remember, from India? I don't remember, but I do remember this. But they were from like the 90s, though, right? They were, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were so excited because they took them to the Grand Old Opry. Whoa. And that was, I, I'll never forget them being like, Grand Old Opry, here we are. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, look at these people that are excited about seeing the Grand Old Opry, yeah. which, you know, in my head, because I don't know anything, that's, yeah. the, that's the opera. Right. But it's, it's not. not. <laughs> no, it's like where they play like southern bluegrass. But like and you folk are music. attached to the skull uh-huh. and you're able to enjoy something. That's mm. like that lady who got her face ripped off by that monkey. That's different. And she was like they were like <laughs> Oprah was like, What are you looking forward to? She's like eating a slice of pizza. And I'm like, Oh my God, why am I upset? Why am I constantly upset? <laughs> right. I can eat pizza and I can go to the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah. I, I I think I have a different feeling regarding the woman with the chimpanzee. What's yours? I just think that it's a little bit more tragic to have been born with your skull attached to someone else's skull. 
you know, like you, you know, you're, you're oh, it's tr- yeah, it's yeah, not you're like forced you to yeah, you're forced to adjust and acclimate to a yeah. very difficult way of living. Yeah. I feel very bad for the woman whose yeah, face got ripped but, off, but but uh, you've known that since birth. It's all you've ever. It's known. all you've ever known. Maybe it's it's a little bit different. The bathroom stuff is just what gets uh, me. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, we're not going to get into too much bathroom talk. We don't tonight. get into the weeds. <laughs> this is going to be very we floating above in a nice little enjoyable All right, it's very clean <laughs> new year. <laughs> yeah, new it's a, this is a new year episode. Uh so um so the, the phrase has been around as like 1891 it, idiomatically since since the 1960s, which to me mm. seems very late, right? Well, my original guess was 1941. It was, it was, but but I'm, you know what though? You, it's you're, you're saying in writing, doing the freak show. You're route. saying in writing. I'm saying like yeah, used figuratively in writing. It was in the 1960s where it kind of cropped up in America. Well, here's as my an American thing. idiom. At this point, right? And let me get your opinion on this. When yeah. something first shows up in print, mm-hmm. how long have people been saying it? Give or take, dude. Twenty at least years. Twenty years, right? At that's kind of how years. I'm like. Yeah. That's like. So kinda... you might have been exactly on point with the 1941. Whoa. <laughs> But I just no way to prove it, because um, so Gary Martin of the Phrase Finder, he, the earliest printed record he oh, he's found, our guy. Yeah, he's amazing. We love him. The earliest printed record he found um, was in a California newspaper, the Pasadena Star News, March 1963, and it's just this like the, the line is the two organizations were so closely knit they were practically joined at the hip. So this is just like an, a figurative way of using it. Practically, practically joined at the hip, but. We, we don't see it used figuratively before that. But surely people were using it, you know, in conversation and things like that. Absolutely. So there's three famous conjoined twins that I thought we should mention that might be the ones that inspired the joined or attached to the hip idiom. Is it the wolf boy? Wolf boy's not involved. <laughs> Dog boy, I mean. Dog boy's not involved because he's not a twin. Because that would be like a double... That would be like a two for so the earliest yeah it would be a two for a conjoined wolf boy twin yeah. thing is that's great it's not what it's I not got real. I don't got any notes on that though so the oldest example of twins joined at the hip come from England and, and they were they're called the Biddenden maids Mary and Eliza Chulkhurst. why are they called the Biddenden maids because they're from Biddenden England which is oh, in Kent oh okay. And so for any of our English listeners, uh, you know, if you've ever been Warren to Kent, Warren Zevon, <laughs> well, right? he's he not says, English. But, but nobody says that line about Kent. Oh, in, uh, in a, Werewolves of in, London. In right? of London. What is it? Um, he's run the, amok in Kent. He's the hairy handed gent who ran amok in Kent. And run amok. And, and ran amok is back into awesome episode idiot. whatever, six. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yes. And the other cool thing is that the next line is lately he's been overheard in Mayfair and the Mayfair Witches and Rice. And which is coming out right now. Which is werewolves. Werewolves and witches. You know, I did Very see the cool. preview. Uh, I don't know how good it's going to be. Well, we'll let's wait but to we'll watch we'll it. See. We'll, we'll, see. See. we'll see. We'll see. Well, who has the AMC Plus app? Nobody. Right. right. Exactly. So, <laughs> so anyway, there were these conjoined twins who were allegedly from the 12th century. So 1100 to 1134. Oh. And... They they were joined at both the shoulder and the hip. Might, but as, might as well. I don't think they were actually joined by the shoulder. I think it's just the way that they were 
portrayed in uh-huh. in like uh, etchings. Yeah. You know, actually, you're right because, because they have to. If you're joined at the hip, you have to put your arm around them, right? Because you're so close to them. Yeah. So just for comfort, you would put your arm around them, and so it probably looked like they were joined the shoulder. Plus, it also if like there is going to be some sort of like a deformity like that, the fact that it would happen in two separate spots. Yeah, yeah, seems a it's little unlikely. Funny, right? So they were conjoined at the hip, and when they died, they bequeathed they their <laughs> all their plots of land to the village, and this area. Oh, were they rich? They had a little bit of money because of because they were freaks. No, no, I don't think so. I think just like they they were born into a, like a family that had land. Wow, it, awesome! Yeah. And uh, they, you know, they they said, okay, use this land. Use the money made from this land to feed the poor and give drink to the poor. And these lands are called the bread and cheese lands. Really? Yeah. And you can you can still visit them today. And every Easter in this village, this still happens. Come on. There is, it's essentially like a giant charity where bread and cheese and beer is given to the homeless. Uh, and there are these biscuits with the bidden maids on them. And they and they like you know they're on like their their image is on bread maids. That's what they're like referred to. Wait, so they're girls? Yeah, the girls. Oh, I don't know why I thought they were guys. No, 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 they're two girls. Look at them! Yeah. Oh my god, we have to go and get this cheese. So bread, <laughs> bread. beer, <laughs> bread, bread and beer. Oh, and uh, so I, I did look up some pictures and and yeah, like you can if you, if you go to Kent around Easter, then you can get these biscuits with the Biddenden um, uh, conjoined twins on them. Do you think we can get them like hmm. s- like can we? They send it to us because if we can't get there this Easter, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. We, we can look up ordering, it, ordering yeah. the bread. Okay, know. well, so, you'll see it here if we ever get one. The problem is, is that. Th- these twins were not even mentioned in writing until 1770. Why? Well, exactly. And so because there's some speculation that maybe... They're not real? They're not real. <sighs> maybe. So what? It's just a good story? I mean, but, it sells. But but the annual distribution of food has been going on since the 1600s. And this has been annually. Yeah, but they lived in the what? The 1200s? 1100s. 1100s? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. See, now... If you've been listening for a long time to mm-hmm. Don't Be an Idiot, you know that if things don't show up in writing for a very long time mm-hmm. after they're you know, talked about or known about, then usually something's a little funny there. You can get a little bit of a back formation well, going. Here, yeah, it could be a back formation. Uh, one historian has said that, um, and he was a historian from the 1800s, who mm-hmm. said that, that these are just too poor women that were depicted on these biscuits and that they they just appeared to have been conjoined by the they're hip. They're poor, but they had land. I know, so that doesn't really add up either. Interesting. And, uh, yeah, I don't, oh wait, what was I going to say? I forgot. But no, it's still, like, here's, here's the thing. No matter what, it's important because the story still lives on, right? It does. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. But this is the point of the show, people. Mm-hmm. What is the origin? What is it? But Ryan said this is one of three possibilities. Well, so that's like a very famous British example of conjoined twins by yes. the hip specifically. Right. Now, everyone has probably heard of Chang and Eng. Yes. Bunker. I mean, like they're the most, probably the most yes. famous conjoined twins. And they're 
referred to and popularized the phrase Siamese twins because yes. they were born in Siam, which is, right. is present day Thailand. Right. And um, so I, I, there's so much written about them, dude, because they were like famous. I right. mean, uh, in in the, just to give you like a sense of time, from 1811 to 1874, they lived. Uh-huh. And in the 1820s, this Scottish guy like basically stumbled upon them in yeah. their village and was like, they need to come wow. to Britain and America to be toured around. And after I five won't years, no for an answer. right? He f- <laughs> essentially, yeah. Stole them. Well, like so, there was a contract made up, Oof. and but the twins were pretty young still, and they thought that their mom had sold them to slavery. They thought, yeah, but I mean, essentially, they, they were, they, yeah, right. <laughs> because then they were just like brought around, and you know, they were were paraded around as a freak show, right. Until they decided to go independent when they got a little bit older, and they're like, "No, we're gonna we're fuck gonna do this contract. Yeah, fuck this contract. We're gonna do this ourselves." And they toured Britain, and they toured America. They made a lot of money, Good. and they bought land in North Carolina. Now, here's the thing: this is pre Civil War, so this okay. is like the 1830s. Okay, and they bought land. They bought slaves. Ooh, and they married some twins. Oh. Wow, that's fun. Yeah, and they eventually had 21 children in total between the two of them. So I guess the big question is, how does that all work? Well, they had an agreement where on their land, and they had they had two different plots of land in North Carolina, but they had a separate, separate houses where oh, each okay. of the wives would live. Sure. And then so for like three or four days at a time, they would be with one wife. For oh. three or four times, three or four days at a, at a time, they'd be with the other wife. And does the one twin just kind of like be really quiet the He's whole time? He's just chilling. Yeah. And then like, do you lay a sheet over him when I it's don't know. time to... Yeah. Again... <laughs> like really, like, because that's, that's what I imagine. It's yeah. got to be... Difficult. Again, again, we're not getting into the weeds of things. We're not getting into the weeds in twenty twenty three. I don't know what the sheet situation is, but they had they did they, they did it a lot. Do you remember that Kids in the Hall episode where they were like, "You can do anything you want as long as it's through the hole in the sheet." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but I don't know if I do um, actually. I'm thinking of Kerber Enthusiasm as a Hole in the Sheet uh, episode. Really? What's yeah. his, what's the deal there? I forget. Uh, I forget. Well, yeah, yeah. in the in the. You know, in the uh, kids in the hole one, it was like, you do anything through the hole in the sheet. And it's like, you know, I mean, really, you would have to, because otherwise, you're just always having a threesome. Right, right, right. But I mean. But I I feel like you have to be like, go to sleep, be quiet, other twin. But you can't give them sleeping pills, because then you'll get tired, too. Oh, my God, yeah, no. That'd be a problem. I mean, one of them had a drinking problem, and so the other one just, by default, would also get drunk. One really did? Yeah, yeah, I can't, I... I didn't read that for this research, That's but I remember wild. reading that before. Yeah. That's wild. Um, anyway, so yeah, they had like a bunch of slaves, which is crazy. And then after the Civil War, obviously, um, that was no longer a thing. And when they tried to tour again in the northern states, yeah. people in the north were like, no, we're no, not, we don't, we don't care still anymore. Have slaves. Because, because, yeah, because like you guys were like southern property owner, slaveholders, like, we don't dig this anymore. So they try to like rebrand themselves as like older men and you know, I don't know. So the the one interesting thing, since we're a Philadelphia based podcast, I just wanted to mention that after they died, the autopsy was performed in Philadelphia. Where? At the, the, um, the, the physician's college. So like if, 
if you go to Mooter Museum, yeah, they have a cast of oh no, not a cast, but um, their their fused livers because that's where they were connected. Yeah. Are preserved in fluid and displayed in a clear jar. Fuck yeah, dude! Let's go with a death cast at the Muter Museum. Have you been there before? Yeah, I yeah, have yeah, been there so. one time, and um, they have a death cast of both of their faces. I think of their their like entire like their hips up basically. Oh shit! Yeah. So. Oh, I'm thinking death mask. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, but their faces are included in it, I believe. Dude, this is huge for us. I know. This is so now we, our territory. Let's yeah. go photo up. But they were really famous. I mean, Herman Melville mentions them in Moby Dick. Mark Twain wrote about it. They well, were huge. I mean, just, they made a lot of money. Just think, like, there's no TV, right? No. And you know, like, as far as like celebrity goes, mm-hmm. like, what is a celebrity back then? I mean, whatever the newspapers wrote about, and they they were in these traveling freak shows, yeah. and they were written about everywhere they went. I mean, you are. Literally, I mean, imagine someone walking in that, mm-hmm. that looks like that. Yeah. I mean, that's just going to be like, you're going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe what I'm seeing. So right. that's going to be very, that's going to draw a crowd. It's going to draw a crowd, yeah. But I'm just glad that they were able to, um, you know, work for themselves. Right. It's minus, a shame that they Minus own, all the slavery yeah, stuff. Yeah, minus all the slavery stuff. That's a shame. So when they tried to market themselves as older men conjoined twins, did that somehow work? I think they still got some people buying in a little bit. But the thing is that they were joined at the sternum, okay? That's not the hip. Exactly. So, But they were the oh, most right. famous. Front to front. Yeah. Like that. like That's there, too There was a, a circular band of flesh and cartilage. And they're Like liver. five inches long. Oh, that, God. Um, that they were connected with. But, so... Even though they're the most famous, you know, and they were like their hips were literally touching when they right. were would like you know were next to each other, which was always. Um, <laughs> uh, but wait, I'm sorry. Yeah, they, that's like if you hug someone, right? Well, they were like this. Oh, but they're connected at the sternum. Yeah. So there was oh okay, there's a fleshy band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because now I'm really not getting so their how hips they're are having touching. sex with their wives. Their hips are touching, but they're not connected. Right. But there was a close fa- enough. Close there enough. There was a famous. Uh, there was a famous um, set of twins named Daisy and Violet Hilton who were conjoined by the hips. Okay. And that were very famous pre 1960s. And so it's most likely that they might have been the ones that kind of brought the idiom okay. joined the hip to, to you know, like our vernacular. Yeah. Because they, so they were born in Britain from a, like a barmaid or something. And they, <laughs> they were. Fucking barmaid. And they came over to um, to America and they joined the, the circus route. I mean, like they yeah. were in the freak shows and um they were even in Todd Browning's Freaks. He was the director of the Dracula, the original Dracula. Right. And he made this movie Freaks. Right. Um, and uh, and they were like in it. And so they were really famous too. Interesting. But very, very tragic lives. Right. I mean, you know, the, the Freaks movie was in the 30s and they toured around until the 60s. And then they, their manager like basically abandoned them in North Carolina and then they had no way to get anywhere. Like they had no transportation, no income because a lot of their managers just took all their money. Right. So they were forced to take a job at a nearby grocery store and they worked there for the rest of their lives. Okay. You heard of this? Wait a second. 
was this at the Graveface Museum? Did Maybe. they talk about her? Maybe. Then? Because this story sounds so familiar now. Whoa. By the way, if you're ever in Savannah, Georgia, go to the fucking yeah. Graveface Museum. Seriously. I named my cat after it because <laughs> it's very cool. It is that good. I mean, it's serial killers, it's freaks, it's aliens, and it's pinball and yeah. it's cults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Pretty yeah, cool, yeah, I think I remember hearing about and like wow. Yeah. Like so, you just abandon them and then they, they work at the grocery store. I know, so sad. So Anyway, there's a, a documentary that came out a few years ago about them that was that got rave reviews. So I'd be interested to see that. The, I think they're both, both um alive, both Daisy and Violet Hilton and Chang and Ang. I, I think they're both buried in North Carolina. Okay, because Chang and Ang had property in North Carolina, and then uh, the Hilton sisters they ended up in North Carolina. So I I feel like maybe they're both buried there. Uh, makes Which sense to me. We should probably visit those graves. All right. Who's going to fund the trip of a lifetime so to North Carolina? So that's all she wrote? No. What's the, what do we say? It used to be That's How the Cookie Crumbles. That's How the Cookie Crumbles on Join at the Hip. And we'll be right. That was a lot. <laughs> It was a lot. You know what? That's good. That it might my, not be that much yeah, for mine. Might have to cut a little bit of that. <laughs> uh, no, it's good. And um, you know, you're, we're going to be right back after this fucking rad song. Should all acquaintance be forgotten? All right, welcome back. You know, welcome back to Don't Be an Idiom. We're back. Welcome back to Don't Be an Idiom. Listen, if you're interested in supporting the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash don't be an idiom and you gotta give you can give (laughs) if you want and you're able to if you're not able to that's okay other people do that's fine and it's a way for us to keep it ad free and fun full fun full and we've got a lot of cool stuff that we're making right now that if you decide to be a patreoner you're gonna get it all i think they call it a patron oh that's not that fun. <laughs> also, if you hear what about some, a patrino? A patrino, I like. Okay, yeah, patreon I don't like. Patreono? No. Okay. So put, uh, put all right. You could be a patrino. Patrino, I like. Okay. And um, right now we have a new postcard out that's fantastic, mm-hmm. and we have some designs for some shirts and koozies that are coming out that are mm-hmm. going to be all yours. Mm-hmm. And um, who knows what mm-hmm. else we're going to come up with? That's right. So anyway, think about it. If you can, cool. If not, that's cool too. And, and we have a patron that we want to mention. Right? that we want to mention. Oh, Kelsey Wright. They are the coolest. I believe they're neuroscientists from what I remember. Whoa. Um, yeah, you've I, mentioned that before. And I remember when they started listening, they were like, oh yeah, like I basically like 
chop up brains all day long and I listen to your That your makes show. me very pleased. And, it makes and me very like happy. all my people around me are like, wow, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so well, Kelsey, thank you, Kelsey, thank you so much for supporting the show. Um, yeah, yeah, you rock. You're our, and keep, you're our Petrino up them of brains. the new year. Oh, that's true. So that's a big one. Petrino of the year. Yeah. Oh, we need to get some patches that say that yeah. and send them to people. Yeah. So thank you so much for your support. Keep an eye on your mailbox because there's going to be some <laughs> cool stuff coming your way. And you can be like Kelsey if you jump on that uh, Patreon train. Patreon wagon. And you're going to love it. Okay. Yeah, don't fall off the wagon. No, stay on it. Rye. What's your idiom? Okay. So, we're off. But are we off? Because we're still working. This feels like a bit of a busman's holiday. A busman's holiday? Stop it. I know what no you're thinking, guys. No one knows guys. what a busman holiday is. Sometimes <laughs> you got to reach into the deep and pull one out that you've never heard before. What the heck? Where did you get this from? Um, well, I don't want to tell you yet because uh, right. it might it might influence your guess. Right, right. I guess a busman's holiday is oh. <laughs> This when, is real. When you have you should have off work, but you still have to work. You are very close. Okay, what is that? So, really what a busman's holiday is when you your your vacation or mm-hmm. your form of recreation is mm-hmm. essentially doing the same thing that you do at work. <laughs> okay. So now, like, I think a lot of Americans can relate to this. Yeah, yeah. For example, like, maybe this is a little off, but this is off. But like, oh, no, no. Okay. As a teacher, right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever been like, I have so much shit to like grade and whatever. Yeah, that I actually sure. need to take the day off of work. Yeah. And go home and, and just grade, grade yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's a busman's holiday. Oh, okay. Right? right? Yeah. Like so, taking a day off just to catch up on your work is a busman's holiday. Kind of. Essentially. Okay. Kind, that's like I think that's probably the closest that we, um, I think that's the closest that we kind of deal with. Yeah. With the busman's holiday, but it's a, it's a little bit different in the origin. Okay. So, what do you think, right? Where does a busman's holiday come from? <laughs> It's hard to take a guess of this and not think of a bus driver. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would be remiss to not have my guess revolve around. I, I think that that's a, bus, a safe guess. A bus driver. Um, a busman's holiday. Oh. oh, by the way, I <clears throat> I picked this because you know we're kind of in the holiday season right now, so I thought it would be good to talk about holiday kind of stuff. Okay, so the busman's holiday. Of course, yes. this comes from the great bus strike of 1937. Aye. And in New York City, you know, buses in the 30s, you know, over the last 20 years, they'd be becoming all the rage. Oh, buses are the rage. Buses are the rage. <laughs> gotta, gotta get what, on you want to drive by yourself or you want to be on a party bus? Party bus. Uh, but... There was one guy whose name was Frederick Greyhound. Oh. Um, who, of Greyhound bus fame. Oh. <laughs> and he said, listen, the bus strike sounds like a gas. It sounds like a lot of laughs. I'd love to <laughs> I do would, that. <laughs> I'd love to do it. But as a man of principle, I know that there are people who need to get from point A sure. to point B, right? Right. 
or oh, he's like or Third Street to Fiftieth Street. He's a scab. He's a scab. But you know, some scabs. You know, he sounds like a non-union guy. He's a non-union guy. Oh. Which you know, we're union guys. We're union guys. Listen, I mean, I love, I love the idea of just like going, <sighs> like beating your own drum. But like, come on, man, without that unions, can't be a scab, what are though. we doing here? Yeah. So then you got, you know, you start getting these guys. They're blowing up the rats. Yes. They're blowing up the rats yes. real big. Yes. And what's really what's better than a big old rat? That's the my that's my thing. It's like I hope the strike goes on so I can see more inflatable rats. I mean, I would love to eventually replace the Christmas tree with an eight foot rat. Yes. Um not to say that we're rats, but to say people like Frederick Greyhound. In honor. Well not honor. No. Dishonor. <laughs> dishonor. <laughs> dishonor. Well it yeah. sounds like his heart was in the right place. But yeah, he 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 But goofed. he's missing the big picture, I think. The big picture is nowhere to be found. To stop. Yeah. yeah. Those people will be fine. It's hard because he sees the old ladies, you know? He yeah. sees that they need to get uptown. And to buy stamps. To buy stamps and bring them back downtown. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he continues to, to, to ride his bus. Dude, that guy is... People hate him. And he... But, you know, the other bus men, um, unfortunately, not many bus women... In not the no, not then. No, no, it's not. It's nothing to do with Maybe us. Maybe not at all. <laughs> nothing to do with us. We didn't. No, that wasn't our decision. Uh, we support women being bus drivers. Absolutely, uh, we're feminists. All drivers, non lazy, not because feminists. we're lazy. <laughs> <laughs> we're very active. It's coming back around. <laughs> uh, anyway, when other bus drivers would, you know, and I think in the thirties they weren't inflatable rats, but they were like. Like wooden. stuffed wooden, yeah, wooden rats <laughs> or stuffed potato sack rats. <laughs> oh man, a potato sack rat! I'd love to see that. Right I now. would love to see that too. Um, you know, so these potato sack rats are all over the place, and uh, a lot of them have Frederick uh, Greyhound's name on them. Yeah, and he's like, "Listen, guys, I'm striking just like you. You know." <laughs> Only I, I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep doing work, but I no no he's like I'm striking I'm with you guys I'm I, I'm a team player, uh, my my mother's maiden name was team player, <laughs> <laughs> but uh but honestly um I'm doing this for fun I'm giving everyone a ride yeah I'm not from, even getting paid I'm not even getting paid right I'm going I'm driving from downtown to uptown without getting paid it's a busman's holiday I love I love you know he's one of those it's like. It's hard to... Yeah. Is he good? Is he bad? Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. get it. I get it. Yeah. And they were like, oh, it's just a busman's holiday. But then they saw little granny throwing a nickel in the, the old thing. And they're like, you son of a like, bitch. I did not ask for that nickel. You fucking rat. That was a tip. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's also how you fucking rat came to be. That's a, a, another great phrase. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's my guess. Um. Okay. No. So it's good because you had the part about the bus because it is it's kind of literal in that sense. Okay, we both have kind of literal. But yeah, look at us again. Coming, we always kind of do it that way. If you're if you're a first time listener, we never know what the other person's idiom is. But I feel like we should start with when it comes to the busman's holiday. First of all, what the fuck is a bus? So it really (laughs) kind of starts. No, no, you do. Because what do you picture when you picture a bus? A bus. Eh. <laughs> we have to go all the way back 
1829 when the omnibus was created, Mm. which was a large enclosed horse-drawn carriage. Carriage. You didn't. That's not what you were picturing. And no, it wasn't. So look at this. In London, George Shillabier, great name, introduced a 22-passenger omnibus service that would run from Paddington to Regent's Park on a strict timetable with three horses. Three horses. That's a lot of work for three horses. This guy. Three horsepower. 20, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, three horsepower. That's a whole other thing. The mm-hmm. horsepower. Well, it's a different episode. You know? Um, and so, obviously, the busman was the omnibus driver or conductor, sure. right? Um, but I just feel like that's a lot of people. Like, I mean, really, how many people were in a carriage before this omnibus? Four, six, right? tops. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And you go all the way up to 22. Mm-hmm. Now, by... 1834, there were 620 licensed horse vehicles in London. Hmm. So, you know, that was just like five years later. That's a lot. But he had that monopoly for a while. Now, the first time anyone says the word busman Mm -hmm. in writing is this thing from the Essex Standard from 1834. And it goes a little something like this. Mr. Wheeler has received the following characteristic epistle from... A pistol? A pistol. A pistol from one of the bus men plying on the same road. I say you, Mr. Wheeler, we don't like your concern at all, we don't. So you must put four animals on your bus. Animals? This is all like they use these <laughs> instead of we's and, and they add animals. So this was like a uh, person that was like an animal rights person. They were yeah. basically saying like, you don't have enough horses drawing this thing. Like You better get it. You yeah, yeah. get more horses on right. there. And this is an an epistle? Uh, a pistol, right? I think it's a pistol, right? A pistol? E-P-I-S-T-L-E? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a pistol. Yeah. So that's how you know when busmen first, the, yeah, the yeah. term kind of comes around. Oh, it's right? cropping up. It's cropping up. Now, as far as like where does the whole busman's holiday come from? Yeah, that's right. what I'm dying to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so there's two theories, and I'm going to start you with the weaker one. Um, if you look at this thing called the Browser's Dictionary in 1981, which I know is a lot later, this was a this was like one of the popular beliefs that British drivers of horse-drawn omnibuses becoming attached to their teams of horses were uneasy about turning them over to relief drivers who mm-hmm. might abuse them. Oh, shit. So on their days off, therefore, the drivers regularly went to the stables to see that the horses were properly harnessed and returned at night to see that they had not been abused. And were fed grain and whatever. Now... You probably like, yeah, fed grain, oats, and hay. They love that shit. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't have anything to do with the busman really. I mean, that's kind of him doing his job. He's, he's, he's like riding the bus, really. Yeah. So then there's this other thing, the Morris Dictionary of Origins and Phrase Origins, that they, they kind of say the same thing, except instead of talking all about like the stables and shit, they were saying that they would, the busman would sit amongst the passengers to observe the relief driver's behavior to make sure that they were treating their horses right. Mm. So essentially they would be like, all right, it's my day off. Like I'm gonna go watch the other guy to make sure he's not fucking with my horses. Mm. But that's not like the most plausible theory because like a lot of these horses were often sweated to death, like from work. So e- even the, the proper busman was give, working them too hard these anyway. These people did not care about <laughs> right. horse rights. Horse rights were not I, really I mean, a thing. on the whole, I'm sure that there was like, I'm sure there was some small percentage of people that like cared about that, but like yeah, yeah. animal rights kind of wasn't a thing yet. Yeah, sure. Now here's the theory too, which I like to call it. What the hell else are they gonna do? <laughs> so, 
<laughs> this is from this is from the People, a weekly newspaper for all classes, London, December nine, uh, 1883. So we're going actually much further back now. And there was an interview. Surprising. There was an interview to a busman, and the interviewer asks, "Don't you get any holidays?" And what the busman says is, "I can take a day now and then, but I'd lose my day's pay." I don't work every Sunday though. Sometimes I do, but when I do take a holiday, I generally stay quiet and rest myself. Some men go to the country or ride on a friend's bus all day, but I find I want to rest sometimes. So riding on the friend's so bus, riding that's on the, the busman. Bus. He's like, he's just like, hey buddy, like I'm not working today. Can I just ride on your bus? Which I get. Do you remember like, I feel like it's when I fun was, doing public transportation. Well, also when I was a like a teenager and young like, buck. if you didn't have to work that day, you might go and visit like your other friends at work. I remember visiting like Alex and Bill Heath at Mars music and like yeah, hanging yeah. out until the manager said I had to leave. And it was like, no, I worked really at Mars music annoying. too. That's right. <laughs> Thanks for visiting Did I me. Visit you? Did you ever visit me at station house restaurant? That's too fancy for me. Fancy. I've never been to station house. Is it still open? Dude? No, but that was like, that was like diner basically. Love a good diner. Didn't even go. How were the waffles? Very good. All right. Good. I'm sorry I missed that. But then in the Pall Mall Gazette in June of 1888. Pall Mall cigarettes. Right. What is the Pall Mall? Yeah. Actually, I just heard a thing about Pall Mall. I think there's like a thing to that. Okay. Like what it actually means. Not really relevant. I think there's a deeper meaning. You look that up while I'm doing this one. All right. Another interviewer of a bus driver. The interviewer says, and how do the bus drivers spend their holidays? And this is the answer. Some of them lie in bed all day, undoubtedly, while quite a large number of them go around to chat with old pals, as they call their ancient friends in the same occupation. Many spend the day on the box seats of buses on various routes alongside of old friends. Hmm. So here's that idea. And this is from the busman's <clears throat> mouth that this is what busmen did on their days off. Oh, yeah. Now, like... The other thing is, is like, it could just be this is drive riding on the bus was just really like a popular and simple and cheap mode of transportation back then. So, and a lovely way to see the city, lovely way to see the city. But like, really, I mean, what are your options? Like, it sounds like the busmen really pretty much worked almost all the time. So if you have a day off and you're not lying in bed, like bed, (laughs) contemplating the void, Mm -hmm. um, if you need to go out that's someplace that's not in walking distance, you probably just need to ride the bus. So, like one theory is that these guys were just, yeah, they're bus drivers, but like, it's not like they're making a whole day out of it. They're just like, they need to use the bus. Yeah, sure. Just like anyone else. Just like anyone else. Yeah. Um, but there is a lot of talk about this is what they would do it for fun. Yeah. So you might be like, all right, okay, this is a British Britishism, really, mm-hmm. you know. Seems but like it. it does spread um, through other countries through the reports of the London affairs, and it appears in the Sunday Times in Sydney in May of 1896, and the Auckland Star of New Zealand in 1902, and then it reaches North America in 1909. Okay, so it definitely S- spreads. Some traveling, Australia, New Zealand, U.S. Yeah, I okay. mean these are islands. <laughs> Well, the U.S. isn't an island. Well, the Australia is. Uh, the Australia is, yeah. I mean, isn't it all just kind of one big ocean, isn't Earth really? an island? <laughs> I mean, really, This man. island Earth. Yeah, I mean, and also, like, it could just be flat. Mm-hmm. It, very well, maybe. All right, so that's pretty much what the whole 
I mean, like that's kind that's of good. the idea. Like you're there's a new idiom for everybody. I also feel like, you know, it's like what else do you do? Yeah. You do what you know, right? Yeah. Write what you know. Right. What do I know? I know nothing. <laughs> but I did want to end on this guy, this okay. one, this one bus, <laughs> one bus driver, <laughs> and this this dude in no way represents the. Um, like what all the busmen think, but it, it, I I would be remiss if I didn't bring him up. So this is from the Yorkshire Evening Post in Leeds in August of 1894. And here's what he says about the mm-hmm. whole busman's holiday. He says, if you drove an omnibus as I do 12 hours a day, seven days a week, you would find the biggest rest you could get is to sit on a bus all day and see other chaps doing your work. If you want a drink, you can get down and have it without being afraid of the timekeeper seeing you. If a passenger speaks, you could tell him to go to the D, which it's it's a go D, to the D, the D in two spaces. So like, okay. it's a, it's some sort of a swear, but like, yeah, what is that? I don't know. Go to the D, which you daren't do when you're driving. You can smoke all day, whether the passengers like it or not. You can laugh if the bus runs over a dog, knocks down an old woman, or runs foul of a lamppost. It's the odd man who's doing your job who'll be stopped, not you. I'll tell you it's the finest and cheapest change in the world. Mm. So this guy was a bit of a cynic. Yeah, a little (laughs) cynical there. He's laughing at the dogs having run over. That's weird, right? Well, there's probably a lot of dogs and don't give a shit about. Uh, yeah, it's probably overrun with dogs in Britain. But I would also be remiss, which seems to be the I word of the episode, if I didn't bring in some fun facts. So I'm going, what the fuck am I going to do for all this? So I thought I would talk about the world's biggest and smallest buses. <laughs> Fascinating. So smallest bus. The world's biggest <laughs> car. bus. Okay, the world's biggest yeah. bus is called the Auto Tram Extra Grand. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred feet long, over a hundred feet long, and this can fit up to two hundred and fifty-six passengers. Big bus in Germany. So what it basically mm-hmm. looks like is three like coach buses, like those nice yeah. like luxury buses, the all attached thing. with the accordion. Yeah. World's biggest That's huge. bus. Okay. Right. Now for our German listeners, maybe you can send us some pictures. Well I I, I got Never one. It's a little that. blurry. One, yeah. <laughs> so there it is. This. Okay. I think that's Big Ben in the background. <laughs> I thought this Germany. was Germany. <laughs> maybe it's the Kremlin. <laughs> it's in Russia now? Where the fuck is this? I don't know. No, there's nothing it's like a barn behind it. Yeah. Okay. Now if you want to go to the smallest bus in the world, that would be in Italy. It's called the Techno Bus. Mm. Um, it fits 30 people, but that means only 10 get to sit and 20 have to stand. And mm. it's only 17.39 feet long. It's for small mountain towns? It's very, t- it's very tiny. And it looks like this little guy. Like, oh, that does look like an Italian bus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, ba- it's, it's quite squat. It's Yes. So... It's a bit um, of a chode. It's a chode bus, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's saving the world, I think, with its electric capabilities. It's great, man. But that's it. You know, we're here. We're working. We want to remind you that we're still taking busman holidays, even though y'all are sitting back like fat caps, lapping up that sweet cream. Fat <laughs> cats or caps? Cats. 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 <laughs>
And that's a rap, um, or all she wrote. On, that's a rat on a busman's holiday. That's a rat on busman's holiday. And yeah, man, that's it. Happy fucking New Year. Happy, enjoy your New Year's, everyone, and thank you for tuning in today and making it to the end. Um, right, is got that, a little dodgy there. <laughs> there's no dodging. No, 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 no. Ah. That's like a that's like a another British it is. Um, I think. Britishism. Yeah. Dodgy? It's got a little dodgy there. Like, I think it's like... Dodgy. I think it's like when things get a little, like, hectic and you're yeah, like... Yeah, you know, I know what it means, yeah, but yeah. I didn't know... I thought that was... I thought it was just in the English thing. Is it? Dodgy? Dodgy. English I, like British. English like English. English, English. Yeah, English, English. I don't think. No. Okay, maybe it's just British. I feel like Doctor Who's saying dodgy. Oh, Doctor Who. I found a dodgy hot dog back there. Hot dog. But I ate it anyways. <laughs> You're I know, English is I know, very Australian. I know. It's I don't know what it is. It's, it's their fault. <laughs> Whose fault? Both. <laughs> <laughs> it's just got it's like a little bit Australian and a little bit English. You know what? I would be remiss if we didn't bring up old, I don't think we can old, say remiss anymore. <laughs> old Lang Syne. that out. No. <laughs> Old Lang Syne tonight, right? Yeah. Um, because to this day, when Ryan when Ryan brought to the table what Old Lang Syne meant, mm-hmm. I still can't get the sea serpent wearing the hat out of my out of my head. Yeah. And anytime, like on the Crown, when they bring it up, or mm-hmm. like MXPX does a Christmas cover, Tom Waits, whatever. Yeah. Like yeah. all I can see is that sea serpent. Yeah. So if you could maybe this year in 2023. Find the old Lang Syne in your heart and uh, and just, you know. And give it. Give it away <laughs> to make other people's days better. Yeah. And with that New Year's message of hope and love. Oh, right. Which is very. Uh, it's the year of the rabbit. It's the year of the rabbit. And it's a year of hope, apparently. It's a year of hope. Shit, we forgot to talk about the rabbit. Um, well, with that, we would say uh, until next time, don't. Be an An idiot. Wake up every single day. Cause I got ten kids.
my wife left me for the rat that's on strike. He's got principles now. I don't know what that's like. A rat with principles. Is that even a thing? Are you gonna finish that greasy chicken wing? Stinky red purse, red purse.